Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited for listeners to become familiar with you if they don't know you already or take a deeper dive if they're already a fan. So uh, will you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got there? Yes. So Rachel, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like you and I are kindred spirits in so many ways, one of which when we have conversations, we like to take it to church as I like to say. So I am so excited to be here and just get down to the nitty gritty um, with with you today and to serve your incredible community um, and and those that are listening today. So I am Julie Solomon. I am originally a a girl from a teeny tiny town in Tennessee, but have been living in Los Angeles for the last six years. My my journey to entrepreneurship has has been rugged as, as most are. I grew up in Tennessee. I was one of four children. My dad is one of eight. My mom is one of five. So massively large family, very traditional family. Um, But with that comes a lot of of stuff and a lot of people. So um, quickly when I was younger, I I kind of tried to figure out ways to... um, avoid feeling things. So everything was very outward. Everything was very external. Everything was very extroverted because um, I tend to kind of uh, vote my emotions off the island because having so many siblings, having so many family members, people got busy and they couldn't really dive into the needs of, of the individual person at times when we needed that. So I would kind of vote those things off the island and really try to like focus down, which allowed me to to, to grow uh, on a pretty amazing trajectory, but then also, you know, causes you to to have to really get rooted in your in your personal development as well. So being kind of that extroverted person that I was, I I went to college at the University of Tennessee. I moved to New York City 2 weeks after I graduated with no job, no friends. I'd never been there, no money, $30,000 in debt, and I was just going to white knuckle it, mind and grind it and figure it out. So I was able to after applying to about 35 PR companies, I was able to land one. Um, I got a job, um, gosh, at a, at one of the top rated, I guess, music PR firms, um, making about 20,000 a year and hit the ground running and really learned in a year what some people learn in 10. I mean, I was in a room filled with women. It was a woman owned company, just a bunch of just high driven female bosses, um, and, and, and did it, you know, really learned a lot at a very young age, but, um, a lot of kind of stuff started coming up in, in, in me of, you know, do I continue to kind of follow my fear or do I go back home to Nashville and kind of um, get rooted there, figure stuff out? I was starting to get really nervous about the money, the kind of those limiting uh, mindset beliefs around money started trickling in. Because when I was being raised, I was I was raised in a very blue collar family, so money was often kind of a strain and a stress, and I really saw kind of the negative impacts that that money could take. So I never really quite had a, a strong and uh, abundant relationship with money in, in, until recently, probably like the last uh, four or five years. So in my twenties, I was just freaking out. Um, so I I moved back home because that was safe, <laughs> and um, and I got a job working at Thomas Nelson, which Rachel I know you know very well. It is your publisher. Yes, for your first book. totally. Yes, and um, did the in house PR thing there. So basically, a lot of what I learned um, from the PR world in New York, I was just kind of shifting that from music into book publicity. So again, hit the ground running, doing the in-house book PR thing, got to work with some incredible thought leaders and pastors and just really amazing men and women um, of our time. But then, of course, that feeling of, um, is this really what I'm meant to be doing started creeping up as I kind of started to look around in this, you know, cubby that I was in, I started realizing like, oh, I'm sitting in here right now, living someone else's dream. Like I'm literally, someone else created this company and I'm living in their dream. Wow. Not living in mine. Um, 
so I knew I needed to make a shift. Um, and I decided to leave that cushy job and the benefits and all of that good stuff and create my own book PR firm with another woman at the time who also worked there. So then we hit the ground running. We did all of all of that, just trying our best to white knuckle it, mind and grind it and grow something. And then at the time I had a lot of personal stuff kind of going on. I had married my college sweetheart, but then quickly we were going through a divorce about a year later. So we had been married for our date. We had dated for seven years, got married because that's what we thought we were supposed to do. Wow. <laughs> at 26. It's like, where do we go from here? We've been off and on for seven years. Let's get married. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, so we did that. And then within that year, quickly realized that that was not the path that God had, um, wanted us to be on. And so, um, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot going on there. Um, I was in the process of, of getting a divorce, um, got the divorce, was trying to make this online, this, I mean, this PR company that I was basically doing now from my computer work with my business partner. And, um, around that time met my now husband. And my husband is, his name is Jonathan. He is an actor. I had randomly met him at a charity event in Nashville and he was living in LA and had been living in LA since the early nineties. Jonathan's about 15 years older than me. So, um, he's been in the, the film and TV business for a very long time. And I kind of found myself in that weird crossroads again that I tend to find myself in <laughs> that it's like, what's going on now? I'm, you know, I have this this opportunity to maybe see where it goes with this person. And I remember a girlfriend of mine was like, okay, so you just quit your job, you started a new one, and now you're gonna move to LA to marry a divorce actor who's 15 years year, like 15 <laughs> years older than you. Sounds like a great plan. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like you go for it. Um, but I did. I I tried to in that moment, I was probably about 26 years old at the time. I tried to for the first time ever be like, just be still yeah, and actually listen to myself and actually start to really kind of, um, vote the emotions back on to the Island and really allow myself to kind of feel the pain and, and feel the power that can come with that. Um, you know, growing up, I would cope with food or I would cope with, um, distraction or perfectionism or whatever it was to not have to feel things that weren't shiny and pretty, because I was taught to believe that the only emotions that you should really care about are the shiny and pretty ones. And, you know, the ones that tend to be maybe more painful are weird and gross and you don't go there. I allowed myself to start doing some work and really get around that. And I really did did feel that, that the way that I was going to be able to make that next step was just to trust myself. So I did. So I did the crazy thing. I, I left my home. I left my family in Nashville, everyone there. I moved to LA to um, see where things went with my now husband. Then I was in LA, barefoot and pregnant, bacon pies. Oh my gosh! Um, not knowing, you know, I, ha- I had the, the the book PR thing going, but um, you know, which was great because I could do that from anywhere. But then I was starting to hit another crossroads of like, okay, so I'm now in this huge city. Of course, Rachel, you know how LA mm-hmm. is. How do I meet people? And at the time, this was 2013. So I had had a really good amount of PR background under my belt, but of course, kind of kept feeling, even with this PR company that I had started to build online with my business partner, like I still wasn't really living like that, that, that purpose. You know, I was still looking for the why. I didn't really feel like I was providing the highest service of myself to a greater community. Um, and I, started to think, okay, well, what can I do to like make friends and meet people and and figure out more of myself? And so I did the one thing that I think every girl does when they live in LA, I started a blog. Totally. Because I was like, yes. yes. Yeah. I was like, this what just seems do. like uh-huh. what yeah. people uh-huh. are doing. So um, I started a blog and this was about 2013. So this was kind of around, especially in Los Angeles, and you remember this, Rachel, when when it was really kind of becoming a thing in terms of monetization, Absolutely. right? Like it wasn't just content creation. Brands were starting to take notice. Affiliate companies were starting to pop up everywhere. Deals were starting to um, to take place. And so it was it was something that people could actually make a living doing. So because of my PR background, I was like, okay, great. I know how to pitch myself. 
So I'm just going to start pitching myself to media and to brand deals and to see what I can offer. And I came with this angle at the time of, you know, I was, I was a new mom. I was trying to figure out the ropes of that. So I'll do like this, this motherhood thing. And um, at the time, it, it really started to gain some traction. I was able to land brand deals pretty quickly and pretty easily. I was able to, you know, pitch myself for for guest posts, contributing posts, that sort of thing, and acquire a lot of media. And what I started finding, because I would go, also go to some blogger events, and I started really building a community of bloggers around me, and started to meet some really incredible women around me. And what I quickly started realizing is that these women were like, okay, so like your baby blanket is cute and all, but like how did you pitch this? Or, you know, that sippy cup that you're talking about is great, but like, how are you able to actually get media? How are you able to actually build a business out of this? So I quickly realized, you you know, as much as they, you know, as much as I thought that they wanted to know about the baby blanket, I don't think that that's really what they want to know about. And so I started to transition more into kind of being a blogger for bloggers and how could I really use my background and my skill set and publicity and PR to really teach these women how to think and feel for themselves and how to really grow a sustainable business. And so that's kind of what's been happening over the last three or four years. My company, Empower Inc. You, is it, that's what we do now. We have a podcast called The Influencer Podcast where we share a ton of tips and tricks. We have amazing guests like you on. We have incredible industry insiders on to really share their knowledge and their wisdom. I also have my website where, where I offer a ton of free tips on blogging, branding, networking, pitching, you name it. And then I have an online course called Pitch It Perfect, which teaches bloggers and influencers how to exactly pitch themselves. I really kind of navigate through everything that I went through. And we've had, you know, thousands of bloggers and influencers sign up for that over the years and really seen their business transform. And then what's next will be the Influencer Academy that I'm going to be launching later this year. But that's really where my business has has kind of found itself rooted in how can I help bloggers and influencers and really anyone out there who wants to grow an online influence, find their purpose, find their why, and really kind of connect that to their audience and um, be profitable at the same time. I love, I mean, I love that you're doing this, but I love most of all that you really listen to what the audience was asking for instead of like so many business owners will have customers that say to them, man, how do you do this? Or I wish you would just do that. But they get so tied into the idea of what they started with or what they think the product should be that they sort of like romanticize themselves out of the market. Like I love that you listen to the signs of life and you paid attention to what people are asking you for. Um, I would also think there's something really interesting about the business that you're in particularly in a space where so many people are so like, there's such a scarcity mindset. Mm. Um, You know, uh, this was how it was in the wedding planning industry when I was coming up and definitely how it is in the blogging world. Like, oh my gosh, if I tell her how to do this, then I'm not going to have any work for myself. How did you navigate that piece of this industry? Yeah, you know, I I think that for me, um, what I see not only in my own journey of scarcity, but in in, in the journeys that I see in my community, it really stems back um, from you know that childhood stuff, right? Um, I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Is that when when you're raised in an environment where scarcity is a prominent piece to achievement or to success? Um, it's only natural for that to carry on with you. And um, I can only kind of, I don't necessarily want to assume what other bloggers or influencers are going through, but from what I have found and from what I know about my community is that their upbringing, you know, in some way, shape or form was similar to mine in the sense of um, money was often a source of strain and stress. And we were, we were kind of raised to believe that um, there, there was not enough. Um, and I think that it even is rooted into that deeper feeling of of you, of we ourselves as human beings at times not feeling enough. And so if we don't feel enough, then there must not be enough. So um, I think really kind of 
first off, conceptually understanding that and then figuring out, okay, so then how can I flip that? Where can I see the abundance? Where can I see the opportunities for growth? And where I see that is by sharing. And for me, it's, you know, if, if I want to be able to create, perform and share in the most connective way possible for me, then I have to make sure that the community around me is also creating, performing and sharing in their most connective way possible. Because we're all connected. So if they, if they're not able to to get up, if we're not really all able to get to the highest level of service that we can, then none of us are going to be able to succeed long term. No, I I love that idea. I would love to if you would speak to creating a business where I'm going to assume at the time nothing like this existed. Do, do you not, feel like that's pretty accurate? Like was were there other people who are doing what you're doing when you started this? I mean, not that I knew of, like, I'll go ahead and I'll give a nod. I mean, I I remember the first people that I kind of came across that were teaching business development, if you will. One was Dave Ramsey, who actually, I used to do his books when I worked at Thomas Nelson. Um, And and his kind of niche is like debt, right? Let's get you out of debt so you can grow the business and life that you love. Um, um, Amy Porterfield. Yes. Talking about business and marketing strategy. I love Amy. Uh, dear, dear peer of mine. Um, I know she has with you as well, uh, Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not found anyone that was doing it and speaking to the audience that I that I was called to speak to. No one was in the blogger or influencer space at the time sharing the feedback and the tips and the tricks and really just kind of, I'm someone that I can't teach anyone anything unless I've gone through it. I have to go through it and fall down a million times and be marred in the dust and the mud and, you know, just so, so many trial by errors. I have to really, it's just part of like my personality to be the burden carrier of people and things around me. So it's, I will carry that load and I will do that. And then I'll come to the other side of it and I'll be like, oh, okay, great. So this is what I have learned. And now I want to share that with the community as a whole. So when that started happening, you know, I I wanted to be able to bring it to my audience. So in a way, you know, there were people out there that were talking business strategy and, and more online marketing strategy, but I couldn't find anyone who was specifically talking influencer strategy and blog strategy to the audience that I had found myself surrounded with. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I want to thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. So what's super interesting about that then is that you you felt really called to share this information, but you had no way of knowing whether or not this could be lucrative for you. Is that accurate? That's totally accurate. Like I had no idea if it was going to work. Um, and and it kind of goes back, there must be something in me. I, I know that there's something in me. It kind of goes to that idea of following my fear because I've done it a lot in my life, right? Like I moved to New York. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I knew no one there. And I had $30,000 in college debt. The the scarcity, the little Julie in me would have been like, what are you doing? This was this goes against everything that you were raised to believe. Like you need to go get the cushiony job. You need to go be safe. But there was something in me that knew that if I didn't just try to experience that, then I would always wonder what if. And then when I went back to the safe and cushiony job, then I found myself kind of asking those same questions. So I think that it is something that there there has to be this like endurance or resilience inside somebody to say you know what if i listen to that still small voice inside of me 
that knows that if I at least just try to do this, even if I fall on my face, it's going to bring more joy into the world. It's going to bring more joy into my life. And I'm going to know that at least I tried it. That has kind of always been the thing that has been the driver for me. And if I can figure out a way to monetize it in the process, like that's the goal, but I got to at least try. I love that. I got to show up. I love that. Um, and I would love, you know, will you share with us sort of how do you, what I'm, what I'm trying to get to the root of is I'm going to guess that there are women who are listening to this right now who have an idea for something that they don't see in the marketplace that they're, they're like, man, I'm pretty sure that could be an idea, but maybe they're in a similar space as you. And by the way, a similar space as me, because I was like, well, I have this idea about personal growth in women, but I don't know how we make money off of this. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I, it's going to take a team of people to be able to produce content at this level. But if I don't somehow monetize that, I can't pay for these people. In the same way that you're like, I want to have a business. But if you don't figure out how to make that into an actual business, you're not going to be doing it for long. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. You know, what portion of the business did you give away for free? Because I think in the mm-hmm. business, you and I do, we do it for in different ways, but we're doing similar stuff. You do have mm-hmm. to give a certain amount of content. Like you've got to add value. You've got to be on social media. What part of your work did you devote to the content that was for free? And then how did you figure out, okay, this is the percentage of how I'm going to monetize and where I'm going to put this time? Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Yeah. So, you know, I was always a a firm believer and and this probably even kind of came from just my background in PR of knowing that you, you really do have to give away some of your best work for free because that's how people are really going to start to know you, understand you, um, you know, share your journey with you, um, know your story, and then really build that know, like, and trust that they need in order to be able to invest. Um, so for me, it was first, you know, what is it that they need the most that I can, that I can give to them, whether that's just riffing off on a Facebook live or whether that's, you know, um, a blog post that I'm going to do, or maybe it's, you know, a freebie that I offer. So I really started with, with the blogging, um, with that. And I started to give away ample amounts of information just in blog posts first. And then from there, I was able to do it more on lives and video and those kinds of platforms when they became more available to us on social media. But the first step, um, and why that step was so vital for me is that it allowed me to start kind of data mining a little bit, right? Because when I would share that information for free, I would start to get feedback. If I didn't get the feedback, I would make sure to go out and ask them in order to get the feedback. The engagement there really is a two-way street. So I would really start to kind of put put the content out there in which I I thought that they were going to be attracting to. And then that allowed me to kind of test different things out to say like, okay, it's, 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 th- it's this niche of, of stuff where it's really like this avenue of things that they want to dive deeper into. And once I was able to figure that out, and for example, for mine, it was pitching. I was able to give a lot of really good, valuable information for free with pitching, but when I really found that it was a source and that people were really going to need me to kind of step-by-step walk them through something, that's when I knew that I needed to to create a course around it. And so I did probably about a year of free 
uh, pitching based content. Um, but when I started having people come to me and ask for things like mentorship, consulting, that sort of thing, I was like, you know what, if I can put this in a course that people can consume and kind of can consume pretty quickly and really be able to apply immediately with templates and, and really my guidance, and I'm going to craft out the pitches for them. So all they have to do is kind of tweak it and update it and use it. They're going to be able to get way more benefit from that at a much quicker time. So that's how I really was able to start doing it by really offering a lot of the free blog post content um, and then kind of created the course from there. And then the same with the podcast. I started my podcast about 18 months ago. And um, and of, of course, that's free to download you know, every week, anytime. Um, and then from that was able to also kind of uh, data mine on a deeper level of, okay, what is the next step? What is it that they really need from me? And how can I show up and serve them to the best of my ability? I love that advice. And I cannot reiterate what Julie is saying enough because you guys, you have to just put something out there. You have to. I was laughing. I was on a podcast earlier today and I was laughing with a girl I was chatting with because I am literally sitting in my daughter's floor because it's the only room in the house where I can right. be connected to the internet, like wired in and um, close the door. And it's like, you would die right if you saw me right now. You would die. Please go look at the beautiful pictures of me on Instagram and then know that I look like a wildebeest. And this is my sixth conversation today. And like, we are Hello, just girlfriend. making it work. Everybody yes. that you see is just making it work. And so many people are terrified to even start because they think that they can't produce something that's perfect. And everybody that I know and admire, when you like talk to them behind the scenes, they're like, oh, we just, we put it to market because what we need most is the feedback from our audience. And we can't get the feedback if we don't have anything to give them. And also, I think a really unique goal could even be to like, how can I create something that is worth criticizing? Ooh, good. Right? Yes. Because it's like, you know, you, you got to create something. So, and, and if and if you're creating something that's not worth criticizing, then you may be kind of playing a little too Absolutely. safe. And that's been a thing that I've really been trying to navigate and overcome just in my own journey and, and really sharing with my community in the past year is like, mm, are, are, are you really showing up or are you playing too safe? Are you scared to do an Instagram live so you're just not going to do it at all? Or are you going to do it and then be possibly critiqued or criticized for it, but at least you did something that's worth people paying attention to and actually caring enough to give you the feedback on, good or bad. Absolutely. I, I think it is this perception that you know, like, especially for anybody listening who's starting out on the journey that you, you know, we always compare ourselves at the times when we feel most insecure about something. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of anything you feel more insecure about than starting a business. So what you tend to do is it's like, well, I'm going to get on social and I'm going to look at Julie's feed or Rachel's feed or Amy's feed. And I'm going to use that to compare how I'm doing. And it's like, dude, sister, we have been at this for five years, 10 years, 15 years. So you're talking yourself out of making a step to move forward because you're comparing your beginning with my middle. Like mm -hmm. you are seeing the middle of my race and you're too afraid to start your own. Just exactly. like, just get it out there. Just put it in the world. Like, what do you think is, as you're, as you're walking with women in this community, in the season, which I'm going to assume for a lot of them, it's earlier in their career. What do you think are some of the sort of universal insecurities in this space that you try to speak to? Yeah. I mean, one for sure is, is confidence and really confidence in their communication. I mean, I'm a huge believer in really using words to influence great change in other people's lives and and really having when you have the ability to inspire people through your words, which if you're if you're a human being who speaks, then you have the ability to inspire people through your words. You know, you can really enact incredible change. And I think that when that comparison kick comes in and that lack of confidence comes in, we start to create and perform and and share as if we were someone else. And you're only stealing from those who need you the most when you do that. Ooh, that's good. so. I'm a, that is so yes. I mean, it's it's but it's it's true, you know. And it may sound like a general generalization in a lot of ways, but I'm just saying it because it's true. Um, I feel like the, con the confidence piece is 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 a big one, and and that's even one that you know I, I'm a human being, so I've had to navigate that many times. But really, getting back to that feeling of 
truly feeling supported by God, by, by Christ, by the universe, whatever that is for you, and really getting back to that inner knowing of your why and your purpose and why you are showing up. Um, so the confidence in, in communication is key there. I think also um, relationships is a huge one. Con like really consciously looking at relationships, whether they are in person or even virtual, to see which ones are really helping you um, provide the highest service to, to yourself and, and really allowing you to bring your highest self to your community versus the ones that you may need to kind of reevaluate and let go of. I think a, a big issue with comparison is that we tend to easy button, right? Because we don't want to deal with things. So it's it's like the new addiction. It's it's scroll, 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 scroll. And we find ourselves very inundated in the other content that people are creating. Um, I'm a huge believer in creating before you consume anything. Ooh, um, that's good. When, too. when I can, yeah, I yeah. When I when I actively try to create before I consume every day, and so that means like I don't look at my phone, I don't talk to my team, I don't look on Instagram. I I get my family and my life situated in the morning, and then when I come into my sacred space to work, I create first. When I do that. I will see a tremendous difference in my spirit, in my own self-confidence, and my ability to communicate um, more presently, in my zest for what I'm doing, and my excitement for what I'm doing, just in the joy of what I'm doing, as opposed to when I go straight in consumption mode, whether that's consuming stuff that my husband needs, or my child needs, or you know, my uh, people on my team need something. When I go into that consumption mode first, it does nothing but deplete me, make me feel like I'm not enough, makes me feel so unconfident and makes me not want to create. In the last, let's say five years, what piece mm -hmm. of your career, like what, what time period of your career did things just exponentially start to grow? Did you feel like, man, it's starting to manifest the way that I wanted it to. It's really starting to be the company or I'm really starting to be the business professional that I wanted to be. What was that time period? And can you identify what was happening in your life that you feel like that all started to click? You know, I feel like the last probably six or so years have, have just been a really heavy year for multiple reasons. I had my first child. I got a, you know, I got a divorce. I got remarried. I had my first child. I moved to a, to a new city. I started a completely new business. I mean, those are lots of life changes that are kind of happening at once. So this intensity was in, in kind of that phase, in a lot of ways, it puts you in that survival mode, um, which can be good or bad. You know, I, I think that survival mode will will make you kind of mind and grind it in a way that you never even knew that you had within you. But I think that survival mode is also a mode of uh, scarcity and not of abundance. You're going to hit a wall eventually if you just stay in that mind and grind and survival mode. So for me, um, when I was really looking kind of back, I would say that over the last probably 18 months to two years, I really started starting started seeing a shift in how I was able to really connect and really see myself and my community and vice versa. I really saw us as one. I really saw that I was supporting them. I really started to get crystal clear on who my audience was and most importantly, how I could serve them. What is it that they need from me? How can I show up in that way? Starting a podcast was a tremendous growth uh, opportunity for me just because at the time, it's what my audience needed, and I provided that to them in an, in an arena that they were um, really excited about, really in a platform that they were really excited about diving more into. There's a lot of people that listen to podcasts, but then there's a lot of people who don't listen to podcasts. But for me, it was really just about serving those people who I knew that wanted to receive the information in that way. So um, from an awareness driver, creating the podcast was a phenomenal growth spurt for me. And then also kind of around the same time, I started to, to get really honest with myself about that relationship piece and who, who are the people that I want around me, supporting me, lifting me up? Who are my mentors? Who do I want to try to cohabitate with um, from a business standpoint? You know, how can we serve one another? So I had the opportunity to join a mastermind and that really, um, changed a lot for me in terms of my mindset and my belief in myself and my abilities to really lead in the way that I feel that God is calling me to lead my community. So uh, just getting around the right support system was a huge step. And then after that, when you start to really kind of lay those foundations, 
it's growing the business, getting the right people in the right seats. That is make or break, I feel, in my opinion, yeah. even if you only have one person helping um, you. I love uh, the mastermind thing comes up all the time now when I'm talking to professionals. And I actually did an interview with Jenna Kutcher recently where she talked about how powerful that's been in her career. I would love if you would explain to listeners what because uh, all masterminds are different. Um, some you're paying money to, some it's just a group of really smart people that you're hanging out with. I'd love if you'd explain what that like looked like in your life and why you made the decision to pursue that. I was kind of getting to kind of a crossroads where um, I was diving more into the the side hustle of influencer marketing strategy, blog strategy, that sort of thing. But I was still doing the PR stuff pretty heavily. And I started to feel very ran dry and run thin. And I was just not excited about anything. I, I actually, my it was interesting that happened. I was doing one of the last book book campaigns that I've ever done. And literally my body broke out from head to toe in these insane hives. And for like six weeks, they wouldn't wow. go away. And, you know, just to give you a little bit of context, like I, I have never been really anyone that my skin reacts in that kind of way. I've never been anyone that's had eczema or really bad acne or, or anything. You know, my, my skin's just never been a re- reactionary part of my, of my body. Um, so for, for my skin to really be telling me that I knew that that was like, whoa, I, I need to kind of listen here. Cause I kind of see our bot, like our skin as like our castle and it's kind of letting us know what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I kind of needed to figure things out. And so as I started to kind of deep dive into some, some of my own, uh, you know, uh, personal stuff of where am I holding myself back? Where am I playing small? What am I really so afraid of? And most importantly, what do I need to give forgive my, myself for and who do I need to forgive? Because I feel like a lot of times when we're, we're starting to feel resistance around something, it's like, okay, well, who do you need to forgive? Is it yourself or is it someone else? So um, getting clear on that, what I kind of started to figure out, and this again is just through, it, it was through prayer. Um, I hired a, a coach, uh, like a life coach to kind of help me through this. Um, I started to meditate for the first time ever. I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. You don't meditate, you pray. <laughs> totally. You know, you go you go to church on Wednesday, oh, you go to church on Sundays and you pray. Meditation is is woo-woo mm-hmm. and it's weird. Um, but as I've grown up and I've, and I've really kind of um, cultivated, you know, my my own faith with with myself and my own relationship with Christ. I'm a firm believer in meditation. Um, I believe that meditation is prayer. It's 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 all connected in one and the same for me now. Yep. I I totally yeah. agree. And in fact, when I'm telling crowds of people, because I I do a lot of guided meditations at our events or when I'm speaking to crowds, mm-hmm. and I always have that moment where people are like, "You want us to do what?" And I'm like, "Just think of it as guided prayer." Because to me, mm-hmm. most of my gratitation my meditations are on gratitude which is just the blessings Mm. in your life and what you've been given. And it is one, I'm going to agree with you hundred percent. It's one of the most powerful things. One of the most powerful tools I have in my arsenal is the ability to at a moment's notice, close my eyes, focus on my breath and really just dig into a feeling of gratitude and a feeling of support from God and all of that. So I am with you on that one, sister, hundred percent. And for me, it, it kind of goes back to one of my favorite Bible verses or a part of it, be still and know. Yeah. So and what that says to me, so um, if you're a Christian, you can identify with this. If you're not, then you, you could probably still identify with this in your own way. But for me, in, in order for God to speak to me, in order for Christ to speak to me, I just have to be still. So good. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously. During the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, 
No two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So... How can I be still? And when you're meditating, you are still. So it, it did. It, it started with kind of a lot of a, a lot of meditation and, and a lot of just me really getting honest on who I am and how I can serve and and really bringing that to the table. And that's when I really no, noticed that I didn't have that community and those relationships in my life that I really wanted. And it was interesting because I'm kind of a firm believer in like, um, tell me what you're envious of and I'll tell you what you should be doing. Ooh, wait, hold on. Dig into that. What does impact that idea? Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of times we'll see someone or something and we'll get that feeling of jealousy, right? Or envy. And we're like, well, who does she think she is? Or why is that person doing that? Or, you know, but really secretly what we're saying to ourselves is like, I wish I could be doing that. Yeah. So I look at envy whenever those moments would come up, instead of really seeing it as a negative, I would try to see it more as an aha moment of like, oh, that's what I need to be doing. And so I started to really notice that when I would see these women, I would start to be like, oh man, I wish that I could connect with them. I wish that I was doing what they were doing. I, I wish that I was in that picture with that group of people right now. And so I really started to pray around that and meditate around that and really start to try to visualize um, 
you know, what that would look like for me. And with that, and you just noted on it, being grateful for what I had in that moment, you know, that community may not be in my life right now, but man, this is the community that is, and I'm so grateful for that. And here is why. And when I really started to kind of make that shift and really start to see that as something that I wanted to cultivate in my own life, those opportunities opened up for me. And so I spent really the whole summer focusing in on the relationships that I wanted, the women that I wanted around me, um, the women that I wanted to be around and how could we co-create together and co-serve one another. And then August of that year, Melissa Griffin, who is a dear friend and who is my uh, mastermind leader, um, put out a a post that she was creating a mastermind. And she was one of those people that I had kind of been following for a while. And I was like, man, you know, I wish I could learn from her. She seems amazing. I wish that I could do what she does. And, um, and I really just saw that as an invitation to step into. And, and so I did. And, um, and really being supported by that group of women that she brought together was tremendous. So a, a mastermind really is, a, for, for, at least for the one that I did, it's it's a year long. It's kind of like college in a lot of ways. I mean, you're, you're spending like high level tuition dollars to be a part of this intimate group for a year. You meet for in-person retreats. You meet monthly virtually on calls. You really just kind of have like open access to one another to really not only gain tactical information and, and, um, new ways on how to do things with your business, but really have the support that you would need. There's also a great networking component to it. And you, you really do feel supported in a way that I've never felt. And I think it's so important for women who are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs. It can be a really lonely space out here in the online world. Um, so really having that support from that mastermind was tremendous. And, um, and now I'll be soon, I'll be opening up uh, my own mastermind and sharing that as an, as an opportunity for my community if they want to, to join. So it, it really does, it really does pay itself forward in so many That's ways. That's awesome. If, if people are listening and they are like, yes, I need the mastermind information. Yes. I want to know how to be part of your community. Where can they go to, to learn all about all the things? Yeah. So um, my website is juliesolomon.net. Um, and then the podcast is The Influencer Podcast. And that's theinfluencerpodcast.com for those two things. And on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Instagram is at Jules, J-U-L-S, um, Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And for those listening, if um, if you're wanting to dive deeper into online influence or blogging, and you're just trying to kind of figure out your your next steps, um, I'm, I am launching a brand new academy later this fall, actually in about a month, that's going to be a brand building roadmap um, specifically made for influencers and bloggers that are really going to help them define their purpose, clarify their strategy, and really turn that influence into a worthwhile, profitable business. So that could be another step that they want to dive into. We'll be having a lot of amazing um, free stuff along with that. I'm, I'm going to be doing a four-part video series that's completely free that people can opt into to learn more about uh, taking your influence and growing it into a profitable business or just um, starting an online influence and what that could look like. That is so awesome. I love that. And I really want to encourage listeners, if you are on social media for your business, you have influence. You have, even if you have three followers, people are following you right now. And to be able to harness the influence that you have and to be able to scale it and grow it and use it as a way to promote your business is a massive thing. Like, I think sometimes people who are new are like, oh, she means people who want to be like a style influencer on Instagram. You know, can you, can you talk to that just a little bit? Like influence, you can be an influencer and sell rotated in fields. You can be an influencer and have a bakery in your hometown. Like it, it means anybody who has influence with a community of people who are paying attention to what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, in, influence is so powerful, right? I mean, it, it can be used for positive things. It can be used for manipulative things, but I really do see it as one of the most powerful skill sets that we can cultivate um, as as human beings. I think a lot of people feel like influence is a personality trait. Like, well, I'm not extroverted enough, so I can't influence people, or I don't have a million followers, or you know, I don't know how to do this. But really, it's it's just mastering 
the skill set. I, I really think that I think of influence as more of, of of a holy thing. I really think that it's it it has this divine core. Um, I think that it comes from something that is much deeper that's connected within all of us. Um, and you know, to me, you know, influence really is about impact and um, cultivating that magic within each of us that has the power to create, perform, and share connectively. So if you are someone who wants to create something, that wants to share something, it doesn't have to be fashion or lifestyle or even blogging. If you have an Etsy store and you want to get you know, the word out about the products and services that you have there. Like you have to have an influence to be able to do that. So it's really about cultivating the confidence and the impact that it takes to share your brilliance with the world. Do you feel like nervous about, oh my, I'm a, I'm the leader of a mastermind that feels so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think the first step, cause the, the Academy is actually launching first and then we're going to go into the mastermind. Um, because I think that the, I'm going to be able to really serve at a higher level in the mastermind. Once I start to find, um, the amazing people that are going to be in the Academy and really what they're wanting to dive even deeper into after that, and really getting that high level support. Um, so there is a nerve to it of, you know, you know, am I going to be showing up? Um, am I going to give them what they need? All of those kind of, again, scarcity, scarcity things that we do. But since, like I said earlier, I've been through it. I know the impact that it makes. And to be completely transparent with you guys, I had a low six-figure business before joining a mastermind. And then after joining a mastermind, I had a seven-figure business all within like That's six incredible. months. incredible. I love it. So yeah. So just from a, a numbers, you know, if you're a numbers person listening, like you really do see insane results pretty quickly. And so the Academy is going to kind of be, um, the jumping off point of that, um, that really allow people to dive into, to lay the groundwork of their purpose and their vision and their strategy. And then the mastermind will be the next step to kind of complete all of that. Oh, sister, thank you so much. Thank you for your time and your wisdom and this work that you're doing, because it is so important and so needed and there aren't very many people who would be like, man, here are the keys to the kingdom. Here's everything I know. Here's how you can take this and grow this and scale this. And I love that it's you. And I love that you're you're being such a powerful force in the lives and businesses of women all over the place. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. And thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for spending time with us and sharing all your wisdom and your journey. Um, I hope that everybody who's listening will go follow Julie just literally everywhere that you can find her. Thank you. It was so great to spend time with you and your amazing community today. And um, I can't wait to see what's to come for all of them. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.